This is I Am Change Podcast. We must get people to connect more with this idea. Vulnerable children are going to be the most hard hit by this pandemic. Next, I'm just going to write myself. I'm going to make sure I direct. I have seen how words move people to action. IIC Podcast hopes to inspire you to live more consciously and be the change the society needs. I think the most important thing is self-reliance. Sit down and look at your processes properly. I'm your host, Koride Aziz. Me and Kuka, Amalaniwejo, Ofensala, Moi Moi, Asun, Suya, Asaru, Ikokore, Masa, Ofa, Edikai Kong, Akara, Tuwoshinkafa, Jollof Rice. And I could go on and on. Nigerian food is absolutely delightful. And oh, I didn't even mention Puff Puff. Do you feel that Nigerian food is uninteresting or monotonous or maybe even unsophisticated? By the end of this episode, you might just change your mind. Today, we chat with Ronke Edoho, the blogger behind the popular food blog, Niger Foodie. If you're a foodie like me, you might have been following her blog for as long as I have. Ronke is out to change the wrong notions people have about African food, and you can see the passion for what she does through her work. It was such a delight to chat with her about her brand and her love for Nigerian food. So Ronke, you're welcome to I Am Change podcast. It's really nice to have you on today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So... Why did you decide to start blogging about food and why African food? Uh, well, I'm Nigerian, so I think that has always been an interest and a passion. I did an article from like a really popular food website and it is said something about African food is always made with poorer quality of meat and fish. And it was just in relation to there not being an African food that was desirable, right? It was mostly, well, African food is cooked for sustenance. So whatever was available was used to cook the food. And for me, that was very much contradictory. The fresh vegetables and the fruit and, and the fresh meat and all of these things. I think out of annoyance, I was just like, you know what? This is our food. It's just one of the things that is misunderstood about us. And I think I'm going to do something about it because this is something that I care about. So I started food blogging. Uh, that's kind of my origin story of starting a food blog. <laughs> wow. It came out of annoyance. That's interesting. So um, <laughs> your passion for food and cooking, where does that come from? As a child, I always wanted to be a farmer. I remember during like just the three holidays when my mates were reading like M and B and just some videos, I was asking my friend to please buy me farming books or they would buy me like farming in Africa books. So it was it was really odd uh, for them. And then I had like a really strong relationship with my grandmother who was a farmer. So I would follow her to the farm. She would show me like leaves and trees and say, oh, this is a powerful leaf, but you don't use it to eat. They use it for coronation. I think that the underlying interest came from my love of agriculture. And then when there was, you know, an opportunity for me to like actually showcase African food, it was just an easy transitional thing for me to do. Mm -hmm. Nice. When anyone goes through your blogs, there's really something interesting. So where does your inspiration for dishes come from? Like when you decide to put a spin on things? I would say it's everyday life. Sometimes, you know, you're looking for an ingredient and you can't find that particular ingredient, so you substitute what's available. And you like the taste of what you've substituted with. Or you just think of something and you think about, oh, I wonder if we can do this instead of that. It's just experimentation. I'm not afraid to fail in the kitchen. I think I used to blog about my kitchen fails a lot at some point. Mm. If it's good, then it's good. And if it's bad, then I know not to do that again. <laughs> okay. More about the blogging side of things. Do you remember when exactly 
exactly you started blogging? Um, I honestly, I think maybe 2008, maybe 2009. I'm not super certain. But I remember I had a blog spot blog. It was called Little Miss Gastronom. That was kind of where it started. But I, but I morphed into Niger Foodie in 2011. That's kind of, because when I started on Blogspot, it was just this thing that I was doing because I was just trying to show African uh, Nigerian food and, and, and put out some recipes. And then it kind of became this thing that I didn't expect it to be. So in 2011, I decided, you know what, let me think up something that defined me, right? Which is where the Niger Foodie name came from. And then I decided to like move into my own uh, website. What was the hardest part about starting and running Niger Foodie? Huh, the hardest part. I think it's not understanding all of the costs that comes with hosting a website, to be honest. Because when I was on Blogger, it was free. But now here I was having to like, oh, how many bandwidths do I need per month? How much does that cost? Oh my goodness, it's in US dollars, right? And then also knowing that there isn't always a community. So when I was on Blogger, right, it was a community of people that kind of came together, commented on each other's posts and kind of like cheered each other on that way. But when I moved to my website, I realized that, oh, this community is no longer here. Now I have to try as much as I can to kind of like let new people know about my work, build an audience and all of that. So what, what kept you going during that time? Why didn't you just give up and say, man, I'm not doing this again? Uh, I, I had a group of people that, you know, always looked forward to my recipes. I, I think for, for most people, honestly, it's feedback. For me, it was feedback, right? It was people that were like using my recipes that were telling me, oh my goodness, I've been trying to cook this dish for 10 years. I didn't know it was this simple. Or, oh, I like the way you simplify recipes or you write recipes. I like that you have measurements. Like, I think people were relating to the work that I was putting out. So it was few for me to keep going. Mm-hmm. Now, Nigerian food, there is this general notion that Nigerian food is unhealthy. First off, is this true? Absolutely not. Ronka is also a certified nutrition and clinical weight loss specialist and the author of the Lose It Nigerian books and plans. Lynn is designed to help you lose weight. And this is the best part on a Nigerian diet. That's right. No slimming tea, no pills, no gimmicks, just good old delicious Nigerian food. How is it possible? Keep listening to find out. I mean, from Niger Foodie to LIN, what was the inspiration for you to start LIN? Um, for Lynn, do, so I had like a health and wellness section of my website because I was an overweight teenager. I, I moved to a new country when I was about 18. So food was available and it was in my face and it was a lot. And I started eating it in the rate at which I was seeing it. And I became <laughs> overweight. I started trying to lose the weight because I realized it was unhealthy for me. Um, and almost all of the things, that I tried were gimmicky, right? So they were the teas that were order for like $120 Canadian. And then there were salads. I didn't grow up eating salad. So for me, it was a foreign concept of just eating leaves. Like, why would I want to just eat leaves? That wasn't <laughs> what I wanted to eat. Mm-hmm. For the most part, they had told us, well, if you want to lose weight, you had to give up African food. You had to give up Nigerian food because our food is mostly starches and carbs and oil and blah, blah, blah. And then uh, the big point for me was when a friend of mine tried to lose weight and she got to take a pill that you take and she took it and then um, it had like serious hormonal implication. Uh, for mm-hmm. me, it was like, you know what? There has to be a better way. And I, I kind of, you know, started researching. I was talking to my grandmother because there were a lot of things that, you know, my grandmother ate that is not mainstream. So things like mushrooms. My grandmother, like, he, 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 I grew mm-hmm. up on mushrooms. I grew up on tofu, right? It was called best care. So, yeah, like, I grew up eating pumpkin soup, like all of these things. 
they were just not mainstream, right? So for me, I was like, you know what? Nigerian food isn't just a rice and stew. There, there are layers and complexities depending on um, how, how much of like the traditional things that you know. So I started talking to my grandma. I'm like, okay, how do we cook vegetables outside of a four equation? Like we kind of started talking about like how to like modify things, right? Like, uh, oh, you, you're not supposed to cook this for so long. You're just supposed to like, saute it for this amount of time. If you turn this into soup or you layer this with this and that. So I started a health and wellness section for the Niger Foodie website. And over a period of time, I realized that the health and wellness section was doing very, very well. There were a lot of people that were looking for information, that were asking questions. And I thought this is a potential service that I could offer to people because everybody is unique in, in, in certain ways and people are looking for things that will help them on an individual level. In 2000, and I think it was 14 or thereabout, my husband was like, you, do, you talk about this almost every day. So that means you really, really want to do something about it. So how about this? Write down what you want to do. If it's complex or if you think you can't figure it out, put my name next to it and I'll figure it out. And the ones that you can do, actually start doing it. So we kind of started that way, you know, to, um, building lean. And then in 2016, mm. you know, there was finally something to put out. So that's kind of the, the origin story of, of, of losing Nigeria. Wow, wow, absolutely brilliant. But then I'm wondering, when you first started, did you face any kind of um, resistance? I mean, like I said earlier, there's this whole notion of African food, Nigerian food being unhealthy. So did you face any kind of resistance to what you are trying to do? Uh, absolutely. I think we still face res- resistance every day, right? I think that if people understand or people are convinced that they can eat Nigerian food and lose weight, nobody's going to be buying tea. But if you look at if you look at it, most people are still drinking tea. They are still taking yep. all of these pills that, that have hormonal implication. People love things that like magic pills. But eating food is the norm, right? So most people still think that, why? I've been eating food all my life. What in food that you can possibly tell me or give me that would make me lose weight? It's mm. too easy, it's too easily accessible. So people still think that, you know what? I, I would rather drink the tea than just change my diet or change my yeah. approach to cooking. So I, I think that there's still a lot of uh, skepticism in terms of like what people are willing to accept. And I think that when it comes to useful knowledge a lot of people also do not think that they should have to pay somebody told me recently that they don't see the need to pay for a bunch of recipes or selected recipes Mm. because there's so much information on the internet and my response was you know what if you want to do appendix surgery you can find information on doing it on the internet that doesn't mean that you carry that information and do it right because (laughs) people are trained they have the knowledge base they have the experience to mm. do it that that's why you know expert exists in every field so what would you say is the one thing that makes people love what you do at lose it nigeria and especially when they've gone through your plan i think it's just the concept of i can still eat right <laughs> and, and mm-hmm. i think most of us we have this notion that to lose weight then i cannot eat rice or i mean one of the most popular diets in nigeria is keto uh so most people it's it's restriction it's take this out of your life completely and don't experience yeah. it again but then you see people you're eating rice you're eating eba and soup you're eating a goosey you're eating suya like so for most of them it's like what are you serious like you're telling me this is what i could have done all this for, and i'm <laughs> going to go and be suffering they didn't even think it would work because that's contrary to everything that they've learned okay so one question i've been meaning to ask palm oil a lot of people say palm oil is unhealthy, the cholesterol, this one, that one. Please, is this true? Absolutely not. 
in nutrition, right? There is the concept of saturated fat being bad for you. So most people have this decision that, you know, because palm oil is a source of saturated fat, so, so palm oil is unhealthy. That's where that narrative comes from, right? Mm. And then the second layer of it is that people who produce and sell palm oil have used it in marketing, saying that, you know what, this, the palm oil that I sell is cholesterol-free. It's a, it's a marketing thing, right? Because it's not, mm-hmm. it's really not a, a, a source of concerning cholesterol. So you have all of these things, all of this layered. But in terms of like calories, palm oil, olive oil, they both have the same calories. So you see most people ditch palm oil and go to olive oil because they think, oh, mm-hmm. olive oil is, is, you know, less calories. It's not. Uh, olive oil obviously does not have saturated fat, but it's also not conducive for Nigerian cooking because olive oil is not good when you when you use olive oil for high heat cooking which is what nigerian cooking is you introduce free uh, radicals into it it actually becomes a carcinogen palm oil is ideal for nigerian cooking because it can resist high heat like you're not introducing those carcinogens into it as early as you would if you if you were using olive oil excess of olive oil excess of anything really can negatively impact um your body but that you can't isolate if, if palm oil is unhealthy, if the argument is that palm oil is unhealthy, then uh, coconut oil would not be where it is today. And every health food expert will tell you that coconut oil is healthy. And coconut oil, you know, is just as high uh, a source of saturated fat as palm oil is. Mm, that's very good news for me and other people like me who love palm oil. I absolutely love <laughs> it. <laughs> so, palm oil, it's, it's tasty, it mm, adds flavor to your food, absolutely. you can get away with using very little. So uh, definitely, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah. So for someone who may not have come across your blog before, what is the one dish that you recommend they try first? Ha! Ah. Wow. <laughs> hmm. Coconut rice. I okay. love coconut rice. I love coconut mm. rice because, first of all, you don't have to do the base like you do for jollof. I love jollof rice. But I think that sometimes, you know, you don't have the blended pepper mixture at home and it's just cumbersome. But, mm. you know, coconut rice, you can easily make with, just tomatoes and like coconut milk from a can. So I would say coconut rice for sure. Okay. Okay. Brilliant. So I'm curious, do you blog full time? I wasn't. <laughs> so <laughs> until okay. February of this year, I had a full time. I'm a CPA. I'm a chartered accountant in real life. I, that's mm. what I tell myself. My online life is not real life. In, in real <laughs> life, I mean, I mean, I'm a chartered accountant, so that is my that is my day job. And until February this year, I was working full time. And mm-hmm. um, the pandemic happened. I was already planning on taking a break, so it was just a good time for me to actually take a break. So right now, I'm taking a break from my day job, but I am uh, a CPA by profession and training. So I mean, all these years, you've been juggling a full time job and blogging, right? Yes. How do you do that? Uh, with very little sleep. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. But really, I'm with, curious. I mean, for someone who has a full-time job and wants to do what you do, how? what would you say to them? How How do you say you cope with all of that? You, are, honestly, I, I would say that something has to give, right? You cannot have it all. It's impossible. It's impossible to have it. It's impossible to be, you to work full-time, to have a blog and to have a social life or to hang out with your friends as much as, some, something has to give. Uh, I, I think that that's just the summary of it. Something has mm. to give. Whatever it is that you're willing to give is what gives, right? So for me, it was just a big social life. That's what I was I was willing to give. Um, mm. So my 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 life it was kids, work, blog, sleep, do it again. 
Uh, wow. So there, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of a lot of avenues for a social life, right? And that's fine by me. Um, naturally, I introvert. I I like I spend a lot of time with myself. But for some people, maybe that you know social life is not something that they're willing to give. But I think at the end of the day, you just have to be. You have to know that you will give something, and you have to be happy with whatever it is that you have to give. Mm. I mean, I know now you're on a break. Do you are you looking forward to going back to work again, or are you just going to enjoy blogging full time for now? Well, <laughs> well, with the pandemic, anyways, like we've it's been I don't know how long since March at least for us. Like even my husband hasn't gone to the office; like he's still working mm. from home. So in my mind, I feel like I'm still I'm still kind of working ish because nobody's really physically at work. <laughs> yeah, work yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I think that once this this is hopefully over sooner than later, I'll be able to kind of like map out what it is that I want to do and and uh know, you know, if I if I want to go back to work or if I want to do this full time. But right mm-hmm. now I feel like I'm I'm pandemic leaving so I'm really not doing either wow. <laughs> either of the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so all of this that you've been doing all this time, I mean, LIN and Niger Foodie, do you run it yourself or do you have maybe employees that work with you? Um, at the start, I think uh, for as long as we had Niger Foodie, we, it, was just, it was just me. Uh, my husband helped a lot as well. Mm. Uh, so that, that was the part. I think when it comes to having employees, that didn't start until too late in 2018. Uh, then we kind of started getting outside help. So uh, from the onset until about 2018, it was just us. Uh, it was just myself primarily and then my husband's help as well uh, doing it. And then we started getting um, some people on board, especially to like do social media management and then customer relation interactions as well on, on WhatsApp. So, yeah. So now there's mm-hmm. like a, a group of about five other people that help us outside of uh, outside of both of us. Okay, nice. So right now in Nigeria, there are so many blogs, actually, so many food blogs that focus on Nigerian food. But you stand out. You have such a huge following. What is the one thing you can attribute that to? Oh, uh, I don't know. Well, I, I, think, mm-hmm. I think that... I honestly just think it's consistency, right? I, I think mm. that for the most part, I try to be consistent with what I do. And then um, I'm accessible as well. Like for me, I like the interaction of like interacting with my audience. Uh, mm. So I, I think that I'm, I'm very much accessible to my audience. Uh, a small part of my life as well is part of, you know, my blogging. I'm not a YouTuber. I, I, I live on Instagram, so I do have that interaction with my Instagram audience. And I think I, I, I think it's just being consistent and having good recipes. Like I, I test my recipes before I put them out. So I, I test and retest and retest and make sure that if you try it, it's not going to flop. Uh, so maybe that as well. Uh, I mean, I can't speak for other people's processes, mm. but I, I like to, to say, you know what, if you try this recipe and you follow it, is going to be successful because you know there's detailed measurement and, and there's steps and and things like that so what is your vision for your business and for african food i remember when we first started this conversation you were talking about your love for agriculture and all of that do you ever see yourself going into that fully maybe uh that would be my happiest place i think mm. that um i see potential value for me to offer just like I saw potential value for me to offer 
uh, in Lim before I started, I see potential value for me to offer in like a farm to table setting for Nigerian food. And that is where um, I hope to spend most of my time in the future in, you know, taking product, making them better uh, for, for the average Nigerian household. Okay, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. We'll be looking forward to that. Meanwhile, do you see African food going beyond the African space? I mean, um, Nigerians always look for African food wherever they go. But you know how Chinese restaurants are everywhere and everyone eats there, not just the Chinese. Do you think our food can get to that point where it has wide international appeal? Absolutely. Hmm. Why do you think? Um, I, I think that there's absolutely nothing that is holding us back from having international appeal first of all um there's absolutely nothing there's nothing wrong with our food there's nothing wrong with our cuisine there's nothing wrong with our presentation there's nothing wrong with the taste of our food i think the only thing is cooking and drinking food is complex like it takes time and it takes layers uh of 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 building flavors right i think for us to have a wider audience of people who are eating our food we need to find a way to make it easier to prepare just because people do not have time mm. and people are already doing that right people are like having sauces for jollof that all you have to do is combine it with the rice people are spice you know spice range and, and all of these things that you know is making life convenient so i think once we can move nigerian food from something that is tedious to prepare into something that is easy to prepare uh, and experience then there's absolutely no reason why we th- th- there's nothing limiting us Mm-hmm. right from uh from our food being something that is global all right so what do you do when you're not working on your blog what do you do to relax uh, <laughs> i have with my children i have okay. a garden which i love to spend time in in the summertime so i mm-hmm. do i do some home gardening i hang out with my children mm-hmm. i watch movies i like i like docu-series so i love i love to watch okay. netflix docu-series uh i'm watching Unwell right now which is mind-blowing um yeah it's i yeah those are the things that i like to do okay great yeah <laughs> so to wrap up are you currently reading anything any book no, no i am not i'm ashamed, I'm ashamed to say I'm ashamed to say I'm not reading any books, but I'm watching good docu series. So okay, tell us, tell us what docu series you're watching right now. Uh, I'm watching on well, which is like a uh, it's this docu series on Netflix about um like the health and wellness industry, and it's, it just goes into details of things like fasting, beasting therapy. People are fasting, not eating anything for 48 days, and they're just drinking water. Wow. Uh, it's very it's it's very mind blowing. Uh, people are using these things as form of like health therapies. People are eating, ingesting what is it, oils. I'm like mm. Nigeria, Nigeria, we have this to sell the world though. We have because all this like oil, anointing oil. Mm-hmm. You, we, we need to open the anointing oil industry <laughs> to the world because it's it's a trillion dollar or something industry, just essential wow. oil. Wow. And this is something that our people have been doing for generations, and just, like uh, it's, it's it's for me, it's it's mind blowing. Mm. Yeah. So you said the name of the series is Unwell, right? Yes. Okay, I think I'll check it out. <laughs> it's a Netflix. It's on Netflix. It's, so Netflix. it's, it's really good. You should definitely check All it right. out. Thank you for sharing, Ronke. It's been so lovely speaking to you. Thank you so much for taking out the time to do this. Oh, not a problem at all. Thank you. 
Change will not come if we wait for some other person or if we wait for some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the change that we seek. Barack Obama. Did you enjoy listening to this episode? We'd love to hear from you. IAC Podcast is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On Twitter, we are at IAC underscore podcast. On Facebook and Instagram, we are at I Am Change Podcast. Share this podcast with your friends and please rate IAC Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. That way, more people can find us. Until the next episode, continue to be the change you want to see. I am Koridi Aziz.